Hello and welcome to Gentle Touch. This podcast is a place where people can learn, discover and upscale mentally, spiritually and emotionally. This show is all about breakthroughs so get ready for some good vibes, realness and lots of information. You will be joined by me, your podcast host Alejandra Castro. Some of the shows will be just me and other shows will have guests open up new perspectives and views. My passion is to inspire and educate people who feel stuck. I will show you ways you can improve your overall health by sharing powerful tools that you can implement into your daily life. Let's get started. In today's episode, we have Leslie. She's the Clay Cognizant Confidence Queen. She helps aspiring entrepreneurs turn their skills into monetized brands. Leslie! For the people that may not know, what is uh, Claire Cognizant? <laughs> this is a very common question. And I have to say, I only recently, like in the last year, really understood what it meant. Claire Cognizant is one of the several Claire's, which is yeah. basically how you would describe a psychic ability. Yeah, yeah. And Claire Cognizant is the one where you just know things. No. It's very much yeah. similar to like a, a gut feeling. You know, when you're in a situation and just suddenly, you know, the answer, you can't explain it. That's Claire Cognizance. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I can imagine my, I can imagine you repeating yourself over and over, but in a way it's good because you're educating people. Leslie, where do you join us from? I am on the Jersey shore. I'm in Atlantic city, New Jersey. I love it. I love it. Leslie, tell me about you. Tell me about your journey. I was looking through everything and girl, you have done so much. You don't say still. I don't. (laughs) I I was just like, oh my gosh, like how am I going to make notes on this? But so you do, is it, you do retreats, you founded, is it Marceluna was founded in 2016. Then you started working in radio show two years later you then started your own radio show you're so active how has your journey with with your career or with your hobbies or your skills and like now turning it into a monetized job you know I have to say it all happened very organically and going back to having clear cognizance that I didn't really realize that's what was happening I Basically, just when opportunities came to me, I really tuned into my body uh, on whether or not it was a good decision or not. And so um, I went to school for media and communications, journalism. I really fell in love with advertising and marketing. So I'm like, okay, I'll start my marketing company. And that's Marceluna. And as I was taking on clients for social media marketing... Being in a town that is very much entertainment-based, we have a lot of casinos, we used to be the entertainment capital of the world, a lot of events and entertainment-type clients started coming to me, and I had one client who said, okay, you're doing my social media, but can you also come and manage my live show every Saturday night? And I was like, what? Sure, I could do that, you know? And, and really, a lot of these opportunities just came by people recognizing something in me, like my personality is very much out there. And they're like, hey, do you want to try this? And I'm like, that sounds fun. Sure. <laughs> and that's kind of how everything evolved. And so I was producing events for other people. 
And as I started going through my own spiritual awakening, I really wanted to find a way that I could be more impactful and purposeful in the events and entertainment that I produced. And so that's kind it, of the evolution of it. When it came to managing other people's events, what did that look like? Did you know how to manage it? Was it learned or was you just comfortable with them giving you the trust and having worked with them before? I think it's a combination of all of it. I was very lucky in that my parents are entrepreneurs and they ran a nonprofit festival in the area for 20 years. So I was literally in these board meetings as a kid and I just kind of picked it all up and it just came very naturally to me just by watching my parents do it. And that and seeing opportunities and learning on the fly sometimes. Sometimes you have to say, yes, I know how to do that. And then in the back end, you're like, how do I do this? You know? Let me Google it. Yeah. (laughs) Let me ask Siri. What does Siri say? Exactly. Exactly. It was like, I think it's a combination of all of that. And I had some great mentors. I was thinking about this recently. Like, you know, did my mentors hand me everything on a silver platter? Here's how to do it. No, mine were kind of tough on me. They would give me the opportunities, but there were definitely situations where I didn't, you know, make the best choices and they made sure I knew about it, but they also gave me the opportunity to learn for next time. When it comes to mentors, um, was that within your field or was that more spiritually? What did that look like? Um, actually my mentors were very much like in the, in the business. And I want to say like very heavy masculine energy. I had a lot of male mentors and I am, as far as I know, one of the only, only, uh, women in the entertainment production space in my area anyway. Wow. Wow. How do you, because sometimes when we work in the very masculine energy, we have to change and we have to adapt to that energy, right? How do you balance both your feminine and your masculine? You know, I think that this is kind of what spearheaded my own spiritual awakening because yeah. I ended up really sick and burnt out yeah. trying to keep up with all Trying to all adapt. Things. Yeah, just like, let me adapt to you. Like, hell no, I'm tired now. That's exactly it. And at that point, I was a single mom with two kids and I had just, you know, rented a house that I was like, all right, I got to make this rent. And I was just in in so much of that hustle mode that I had no flow, no self-care, no feminine balance and it, it really did end me up in the in the hospital with burnout and I got shingles and, you know, which we don't realize that you can get when yeah. you're young. But so many younger women, like women under 40 yeah. in high performance positions are getting those kind of illnesses from stress. And it was just a really big wake up call for me to step back and figure out that's kind of when I did the shift from producing events for other people to doing things the way I wanted to do them really just as a way to, um, save my life and, and make my career sustainable because the way I was doing it was not sustainable. It just goes to show that our body will always tell us, right? And in the world we live in, it's like our to-do list gets bigger. Um, we want to, we want to say the yes to our clients. We want to be able to reach our targets. We want to, and it's sometimes it's like knowing, and, and, and this is hard. Like say, for example, with me, 
I thought taking three months off was going to be fine. I took three months off of work. I worked frontline. I saw a lot of death, but I was rested, but nothing changed. And I realized that I needed to heal. So now I'm taking 10 months off. And like you say, you know, the self-care and just that, because it's like, we just feel like, okay, let me take a nap. Okay, let me stop. But what is your mind saying? What is your body saying? Why do I have this constant fatigue? And it's, it's so true what you say. When it comes to burnout and your spiritual awakening, how did you navigate that? I did not have a choice, honestly, because it was really the pandemic that I say it now like that part of it was a gift because I had placed all of my value and self-worth in what I contribute to society with my work. And when all of events and entertainment yeah. were gone, I had no other choice but to sit with myself. And, you know, I had all of the time to relax on the couch that I needed, but that's yeah. not like you were saying, that's not real self care. I needed to heal. I needed to do the deep work. That's not easy. And it's painful and it's ugly and it's messy. Like it sucks. It sucks. Honestly, yeah. it sucks. Well, well, whatever that looks like to you. So I would, wear glasses and I would go to the park and I would cry. Like I would like, you know, and that's not cute. Whoever thinks is cute and the process is cute. I'm like, hell no. And when people say, what would you change? Nothing. Well, I would skip that part. Like yeah. the healing is not cute. <laughs> that's exactly it. But, but I figured like, well, I have nothing else to do right now. And if I just yeah. keep pushing this healing off, I was healing from things that I went through eight, 10 years ago that I just wow. pushed through. Cause at that point I was in survival mode. Like I'm like, I don't have time to deal with this. We just push it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the time that I needed to take to, to go through all of it. And now I feel like I'm finally coming out the other end. How was your body telling you, like, was you having flashbacks with thoughts? Because sometimes in the world we live in, we just want to block everything or we want to numb ourselves, where it be alcohol, where it be drugs, where it be constant dating, where it be, we want to make ourselves so busy in, in order to block out certain things. What, like, if we could give any tips to anyone, how would we say it? Um, I would say that you, we have to release it, it from our physical body doing things like certain yoga poses and binds and a, like you said like allowing yourself to cry crying is not a shameful thing it really isn't just last week with the full moon or whenever that was I was like you know what I need to go for a drive and I just need to cry in my car for 20 minutes I, I feel physically energy that needs to be released and for me I was like oh my god I've been crying for months now but it really was, it actually, it was all, you know how sometimes it takes one little thing to just open the floodgates? For me, my dog died. You're, you're, you're stopping it. Like it, the cup feels. I was like, I know I loved my dog, but this is, I cannot believe I'm grieving like this. But I, it wasn't just my dog that I was grieving. It was everything. It was everything in the past that I was holding on to and pushing down. And I, I had to say to like my family, I was like, listen, I know I look crazy right now. Just, just let me do this. I promise I'll be okay. I'm okay. Just, I need to go through this process, but, yeah. but yoga really helps meditation. This is when I really learned all of my modalities. I learned Reiki and I learned hypnotherapy really for my own self. And then I wanted to be able to provide that healing for other people.
Wow. That's that's so powerful because you in yourself knew, let me heal, let me feel this. So say, for example, with me, uh, seeing so much death in the hospitals, like I was given, the government was giving us like apartments to stay in, in order to not pass it on to others if we did become sick and I would remember just screaming and crying and just letting that pain come but the problem was when I went back home I couldn't do that because my family was there and they would be worried and they'll be scared and they'll be like what is going on yeah. so now that I'm here like two years later or two years and a half later sometimes I do cry and I just cry and I sit with it and I'm like okay let me allow myself to feel so it's just knowing that you acknowledge it, you give it its space, and then now it's time to let go. Heal and let go. Heal, release, and we are good. Yes, that's exactly it. Because when we hold on to things and we push them down, it might help when we need to get through things in the immediate, but it's still with us. And it's going to yeah. come, it's going to rear its ugly head yeah. at a very yeah. non opportunistic time. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. For the people that have skills and they're just questioning their nine to five and they're like, this is a toxic environment. I'm burnt out. I'm not appreciated. And they kind of want to navigate in a way where they leave their nine to five. What tips would you give them? Or did you start off with a nine to five or did you straight away just start your business? You know, I tried nine to fives so many times and they just never lasted. I think the longest I ever did was like 15 months. And at that point, okay. I had developed a drinking problem and I don't know. I look back and I'm like, how did I survive that? Because I was just go, go, go again. Single mom at that point in my life. Yeah. And I did. You have the school runs. You have the school runs like in the mornings after school clubs. Let me go back. Then I have to make dinner. Then I have to like do the packed lunches. So it's, it's just. It was it was absolute madness. And I remember I got to the point where I at this point. So I, I lost my home in a natural disaster here on the East Coast. And so I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, thank you. We were living in a basement apartment underneath my mom's house. And I had to say to my mom once, I was like, Mom, can you just like, give me a year? Can you make sure we're not homeless? Like, let us because I can't do this anymore. And I know that I will work harder for myself than I can ever like I have more passion for this person's company than they do. And that's not right. And so yeah. that's kind of like, so what I would say is if you start feeling these things, like you care more about someone else's business than they do, or that you're just, you, you, you're sick all the time, you're run down, yeah. you find yourself wanting to, you know, self-medicate with drinking or whatever it may be. It doesn't have to be that way. And it really shouldn't be that way. So yeah. what I would do first is really sit with yourself and, kind of make start making some lists. I do have a, a masterclass about this because I, I find that it's a very um, difficult thing to navigate, but you have to say like, what really lights me up? What could I wake up and do every single day and not hate it eventually? Yeah. What am I good at? You know, what actual skills do I have? What hard skills do I have? Who do I know? Because you know, that's the beginning, you know, I built my business on referrals. Do I have support? And what do I need to do to make that transition? And I think there's this huge 
misconception on social media where people just suddenly leave their nine to five and they're like six figure earner entrepreneurs. And that's most of the time, not reality. Sometimes it's okay to keep your, your full-time job and build your side hustle even for years if you need to, but just make sure that you have found something that fulfills you. And I feel like fulfillment is a word that you, you know, you you have it or you don't. It's very hard to describe, but either you do or you don't. And for me, it was, I figured out what that felt like when I was trying to find other moms to relate to. And I felt so much guilt that only being a mom was not fulfilling for me. Yeah, I needed other things for myself to feel that fulfillment. Yeah. And that's kind of how I figured out what that feeling was. And that come in that could come in so many ways. Like that could come in feeling satisfied. That could come in an element of peace. But say, for example, if you get home after a long day and you're thinking, what if? What if I would have taken this other option? What if I would have changed my career? What if? So if you're in this constant what ifs, something isn't right. Like something needs to right and something needs to be explored. And that could mean, like you say, the stability is okay. I'm building um, the side hustle. Say like with me, I would go to work 12, 13, 14, 15 hour shifts at the hospital. My mom thought I was crazy. I would come home running to switch on the laptop to record a podcast. So now, so now it's in a position where I've picked up momentum and people want to come on the show and people are vibing with it. We're a hundred episodes in. So it's now it's like, no, you need to get serious about your goals and you need to make it priority because I would be like, listen, I need you to take over my shift. I need you to take my patients. Okay. They're stable. They're talking They're telling me the life story. Like I need to hand over to you. They'll be like tough. No, you need to take your patient to the ward. And I'll be like, I need to go home. I have, I'm interviewing someone in Australia, bro. Like, no. And it's like, and it's like people will not have the same vision as you. People will not. At some point, you have to get serious about your goals. So now it's like, now I allocate two days for recording and that's how it picks up momentum. And that's how, that way you make room for more. Yes. Yes. That's exactly it. And, and you, if you find that you don't want to do what you thought you did, like if it becomes just one more thing on your to-do list, that's probably not your thing. Yeah. Exactly. When it comes to um, navigating the natural disaster and with the children, what did that look like? Like, as in, you came home and obviously there's trauma there. There's navigating the children's loss as well because then they like the sense of stability, the things, they're scared and, and just a flood of emotions there. Um, is that like, what did that come, what did that look like? As in evacuation into your mom's home or what does it look like? Um, so it was, it's funny because I didn't really understand what was happening at the time. We had had, you know, we live on a barrier Island and we had had other hurricane warnings that we've been ordered to evacuate and you evacuate and nothing happens. And then you go home and it's like, whatever. And this time at that point, my ex-husband worked in, he was a first responder So he wasn't able to be with me. He knew that he was going to have to be at work. And at that point, my children were eight months old and four (gasps) years old. And I was They're young. Yes, they were were little. And I was like, all right, I don't want to be stuck here without electricity, 
with kids. Like, God forbid, you know, I don't have TV to entertain them or like refrigerator. We'll just go. My grandparents at the time lived like 20 minutes inland. So I just grabbed, you know, some blankets, some pillows, and a couple changes of clothes. That's it. That's literally all I took. And we went to my grandparents' house. And at that point, the hurricane had shifted and it came right for us. And our home um, had four to six feet of water in it. So everything was destroyed. And I never even, like I say this all the time, I never even picked up anything off the floor. I truly had not one inkling. I I had no idea that it was going to be what it was. And I'm so grateful that I had family offshore that could, you know, I, I stayed on my cousin's couch for a couple weeks because we couldn't even go back for a week and a half to see. And at that point, mold was growing. It was a really... Like, the smell, the, the smell, contents. The, the very center, sensory, like I can still hear and feel the sound of walking into my, the nursery. Of, the like, the, the water, carpet. yeah. And like throwing away all of like my poor daughter, she's 11 now. We don't really have anything from her first year of life, like no baby book, nothing like that, because it just, I, I just didn't know. And I think that was all just, our bodies are amazing because the survival mode that I was in, my body took care of me at that point so that I could take care of my kids and My daughter was so young, she doesn't really remember much of it. And my son, too, he doesn't, he's 16 now. He doesn't quite remember much, except like, oh, remember when we lived with our cousin for two weeks, you know? Or we didn't have, because we didn't even know when they could go back to school. It was just such a bizarre, like, situation, like a parallel universe. No one knew what was going on. Yeah. And that's when you realize everything gets shuttered, like, like as in the school routines, your routine, your work-life balance, your balance, the way you do things, the way you manage your home. And it's like learning to adapt with so many different things and learning to heal as well. Um, what would you say to anyone going through, through a situation where everything is shattered? I would say, and something that I I actually tell people all the time is that the future is so much better than we can, that you can imagine right then and there. Cause at that point I was, you know, my ex-husband and I, we handled trauma very differently and that's what led to our divorce. We actually, I never lived in that home again. He, we never were together since that. It was like all at the same time. And At that point, you know, I was suicidal and I didn't understand how there could ever be life worth living after this. Like that was the end for me. And so when Mm. people are going through these kind of things, I would say like whatever ounce of faith you can find, however you find it, please know that nothing you could dream of right now in this, in this state could prepare you or tell you how beautiful life can be. I'm going to get like all choked up. 
because it's just so like as I sit here in this beautiful house getting right you know I'm engaged and you're engaged now you're engaged that's all it's wild it's so wild and that Leslie never in my wildest dreams could have manifested or envisioned the life that I live now and so I just say like whatever however you need to find some kind of faith to get you through the day and then do it mm -hmm. again tomorrow that's all you can do how did you find comfort because when we're in a situation of pain and hurt it takes an element of self-awareness right to see to to say okay I'm stuck here and I need help so say like for me I would I would go to the park and I would cry and I needed answers and I didn't know how to I didn't know who to reach out to and what I've realized during COVID was that I couldn't put my pain onto other people because they're also mourning they've been laid off they're going through divorce some people are having kids not expecting it like everyone's in their own bubble living their own traumas, fears, um, issues, problems that I was like, that's when I started my podcast. And I was like, I need, I'm finding answers. I'm creating a community. If I don't know the answers, I'm going to direct you to, to my guests. And, and that's how I did it. How, what did that look like for you? I think, thank God for the internet. I really like at this point, Facebook was a thing and I was in a Facebook group with other moms, we all had babies born in January, 2012. So like that, was wow. when we're all up at 3am wow. with screaming infants, we would all be talking to each other in a Facebook group. Wow. And those moms, I mean, it's been 11, 12 years now that we've, we've been friends. They live all over the country. Some of us have wow. met up and it was really cool, but I, I definitely, I used the internet to find people to lean on who could understand you know, who could give me resources. Someone was a divorce attorney and helped me and just wow. those kind of things by, by finding people who could make me feel so not alone. And that's, that's why I, I started sharing my own healing journey because I said, I want to be for someone what I needed. I, I yeah. want to be, I want to pay that forward. I want to be, you know, and, and at that point I, I started with my eating disorder because that was one thing in my life that I could control. And then, you know, there's Ashley Graham, who is like the first plus size supermodel. And I'm like, there's someone with a body that looks like mine, who yeah. is gorgeous and amazing and rocking it. And so yeah. I started sharing my own journey in my body and just, it kind of, because of the internet and social media, I know there's so many terrible things that come along with it, but for me, it was a saving grace to not feel so alone and to be able to pass on that healing. It takes an element of healing, an element of self-awareness and an element of compassion and empathy and forgiveness towards ourselves to then be that path and be that light, right? Because sometimes we have so much trauma that we hold on to it and we turn bitter. And, and, and we're like, why, why is someone so cold? Why is someone so <clears throat> like, if you have information, why don't you want to share it? But it's because we're holding on to so much trauma, so much pain, so much hurt that it's like, they can't even help you because they haven't helped themselves. So, and it takes a lot, a lot to now be in a position that you are to share your story because them dark days are not cute. They're not sweet. And in order to now be 
where you are now, you're engaged, you have a beautiful home, business is booming. It takes an element of forgiveness, an element of healing, an element of surrendering to now be where you are. So for anyone out there, like saying, guys, you have to do the inner work and you have to surrender and you have to forgive and you have to be patient and you have to have faith. Like it's not easy and we all go through it. Some people, some people, and it's also highlighting your relationship. It's, it's also knowing that it's okay. Like it's okay if, if we break away, it's okay if we heal in different ways. Um, what advice would you give to anyone going through a relationship right now? That's in that similar situation. And that's, that's, dying inside because of the the children because of what they've built because of all the time effort and and sometimes as a female we from very young we look up to the marriage the relationship the children the family and the unit that we're willing to stick at it, even if we become suicidal even if we want to start self-harming even if we want to start numbing ourselves with drugs like we want to be there and be like okay i don't look like a failure what would you say right now but it's knowing that in the future, we, it takes time to heal. We get we get the fairy tale in the end. Yeah. Oh, everything you said is so on point because I really did. I mean, I literally had the house with the white picket fence, the two dogs, the two kids. I yes. had what you thought what what you thought was the epitome of success. Mm. And I look back and I'm like, was I happy? Was he happy? I, we were together since we were 15 years old and we just wow. became, we became parents very young. We were 21. We became adults and we grew into different people together. And don't get me wrong. I hated him. Like I, we, I say we dealt in with, with the trauma in different ways. He had several affairs and which impacted my, my self-worth. And I still had to look at this man every day and sleep with him and sleep with him and deal with him and communicate with him. Even if you, even if you had not been ready to forgive, or even if you had not been ready to let go, even if you have not, you know, it, it's the process. Everything is a process. It, it really was. And I feel like it would have been so much easier if I could have just cut him off, blocked him out of sight, out of mind. But at the end of the day, he was still a very present father and I would not, deprive my children of a relationship with their father and so it was a lot of me learning a lot of lessons in you know when to stand my ground and speak my truth and hold boundaries and when to turn the other cheek and I don't I didn't always make the right decisions I still don't always make the right decisions but we know both of us you know, as we both started dating other people, there were definitely women that he dated that were not okay with the fact that we co-parented peacefully and those relationships didn't work for him. There were relationships that I had that he did not approve of, but we do a very good job now of saying, you know, when the kids are with him, I don't have control. I'd like, I trust him as a father and that's it because it would eat me alive. Why did he do this? He didn't do this. And, and the same way we still communicate on bigger picture things, but we really had to establish boundaries. And like I said, I think we just finally became adults and grew up. And I think women mature. I think it, I think it took him a lot longer. <laughs> than it does. It, it does. Um, because as moms, like we don't, we don't have a choice. Like I didn't, 
I had to do it all on my own and he had mm -hmm. a lot of help and that bitterness really got to me sometimes, but I think just time it's been, it's been a long time and me allowing myself to receive love from someone else Really How was that? Because as females, we shut down and we separate ourselves because we're like, it's meant to be him, not him. I'm meant to be getting the attention from him, not him. So there's an element of healing and just allowing ourselves to receive the love and just giving another person the chance. Yeah, it, it definitely took a long time. And my fiance will, will tell you that I tried to push him away so many times because I became so hyper-independent as a trauma response. I was done relying on anybody else. I didn't want anybody else to help me. No one else could make decisions. It was just me, and I had learned to be okay with that. So when someone else came into the picture and wanted to love me, that didn't make sense to me. And so it was a lot of his persistence, and we laugh about it now, um, it was a lot of his persistence. And I remember he said to me one time as he's like walking out the door, he's like, I know you're trying to push me away, but this might be the last time because I'm only going to take this for so I was, I was like borderline emotionally abusive to him as a self-sabotage <sighs> mechanism because I didn't think I deserved someone who would love and respect me in a way that I had never received before, in a way that my ex-husband never did. And I was like, finally, I'm like, wait a minute, this is what is it? love is. Because I, I said, I'm never getting married again. I, why, I know how to do all of this by myself. I'm an independent woman. I'm running my business. I'm raising my kids. And that's why I say I, this life that I live now, I never could have dreamed of because I wouldn't allow someone to support me financially over the pandemic I that was like I could never so it was a big stretch for me to allow him to support you know myself and the children and while I shift my business and having that partnership we've been together for six years now so I feel like we've got it down yeah, <laughs> but yeah. in the beginning it was really really hard and god bless him because I really did try and and I was like your angel. Right. Yeah, your angel. When it comes to your your previous relationship, when did you realize it was the last straw? Like after after the incident with the house, after that, when because as a as a woman, we take trauma, we take abuse, we just stand still and we're like soldiers. We're like, yes, throw us another jab, I can handle it. But sometimes it gets to a point where we sit down. And we just cry sometimes, we reflect, and we're like, is this really my life? Yeah, because we were actually still trying to reconcile two years after we were legally divorced. It was very much, I mean, I've had psychics and Akashic readers tell me that our souls were connected in past lives. We were very, very Soul contracts. I, I had to do a lot of cord cutting, but the I, I remember very specifically my last straw was we were both invited to a mutual friend's wedding and they put us at the same table. It was torturous. They put us at the same table. They played my wedding song. I'm in the bathroom crying and while he's sitting next to me. And I can read in the reflection of his glasses, the girl that he's texting. And I was just like, when am I going to value myself? When 
And I went back to the house after the wedding and I, his, his mom was watching the kids and his mom is sitting there crying and is like, and cause that you remember we were together for 13 years. Like she very long me. time. You were children. Years. You, she, she helped grow you up and navigate you and guide you and inspire you and educate you, and your kids. Me and she's like, Leslie, he is not going to change and be what this is not going to be good for either of you. And, and when your, your own mother says, when, when, when his mom said that to me, I was yeah. like, this is it. This is it. Because it's not anger anymore. It's not bitterness. It's just at what point do we both love ourselves individually? It's just surrendering to just move on. Yeah, yeah, surrendering and, and letting go because sometimes we hold so tight. You know the image where we're holding on to something and the same rope is digging into us and cutting our flesh? That's the same situation because we're holding on and it's like if we just let go, it wouldn't even hurt so much. Yeah. We could we could begin to heal. Um, so, yeah. What, what advice would you give to anyone that's um, co-parenting and you have issues with his new partner and his girlfriend and the children are very young? I would say you need to have clear communication with your partner in terms of like when you're introducing that new person to the kids, but otherwise it's not your business. And that's the hardest part, but who that person dates, as long as they're, it's as long as your children are safe and protected and provided for, it's not your business. And it's, it drives me crazy. It drove me nuts especially when these women were not nice to me and they were threatened by me and they were nasty. But you know what? You treat my kids good. That's all I ask for. Don't, you know, I, ideally you want us to everybody to be all friendly and hunky dory, but that's just not reality. Sometimes I think yeah. you have to just keep in mind that you both live separate lives and it's not your business, just like it's not their business who you date as long as the children are safe and protected. How how did you learn to get to the stage, right? Because it takes an element of forgiveness and an element of awareness because when we're mothers, we want to control everything. We're like, I don't even know this side chick. I don't even know who she is. I don't even know what she's about. Like, how dare she be around my children? So we, we become in this very protective wolf mode um, around our little ones. So how do you learn to just flow with it? Um, I have to say, I trust my children to, to my, I didn't put the responsibility on them, but like, I would listen to what they say. And if they say so-and-so was not nice to me or whatever, then I would have a conversation. But for, you know, my, my ex-husband's been in a relationship for several years now and I've met her and she's great. And my kids love her. Okay. And that is all that matters. I might not love her. We might have conflicts here and there. But that's, that's not, I think it's a very selfless act because when I'm so angry and when I want to scream and fight and send him the nasty text, I think about my kids and I'm a, I'm a child of divorce and I just, my, my parents worked very hard. Now, mind you, I saw things here and there, but they worked hard so that I didn't 
see things. Mm. And so for me, it's, it's them. I don't want them to live that life. I don't want them to have, I don't want them to be afraid to talk to us. I want to have that open line of communication, especially as my kids get older. I have a teenage boy. If I can get him to say four words to me in a day, I'm happy. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. A hundred percent. Um, I know you mentioned the healing modalities that you went through, Reiki, hypnotherapy, that did you have this at the very beginning? Like from, from when the, from when the home and the flood started, the hurricane started, or was this deeper down? Because sometimes we, we struggle with, with doing it all ourselves. We're just like, we're going to do this. And at some point we do need help. Yeah, no, I didn't do a lot of those. I actually discovered a lot of these things when I discovered yoga about four or five years ago, when I um, began my real healing journey, you know, both mentally, emotionally, physically, when I started doing yoga and just realizing that there was a whole nother world out there, a whole community of people that allowed me to be unapologetically me without fault. And I am as a perfectionist, as a Leo, I've always been told I'm too much. I'm too this, Mm -hmm. I'm too that. And when I was in yoga, it didn't matter if I didn't do the pose right. It didn't matter if I cried. That was such a safe space for me. And I had never experienced that kind of comfort and community. And so that's kind of where I started diving a little bit deeper into what else is in this world. And I learned about meditation and then I learned about Reiki and then I learned about hypnotherapy. And I was like, wow, I can take these and make these my own and infuse my own personality and use these to help other people. Wow. Beautiful. Leslie, what is your favorite book? Mm. I am not someone who reads books front to back. I like to flip through. Like right now, I like to grab books from Five Below. I just grabbed The Beginner's Guide to the Chakras because while I am, you know, Reiki attuned and I know about them, I feel like this book really breaks down all of the little simple nuggets and it helps me to teach other people as well. Wow, beautiful. And um, what is your, if you had a billboard on the side of the highway, what would it say? It would say, um, be you, because no one else can do that. Something 100%. Like, that. like, no yeah. one else. And that's, I feel like that's a common theme in, in all of my clients. What I teach them is like, no one else on this entire planet is you. Yeah. No one else. And that's your superpower. Yeah. So why would you try and be anybody else? That's that's your magic trick right there. I love it. And what is your favorite movie? Oh, I'll have to go. I have two, depending on my mood. Uh, okay. The first one is Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Just, you can't, I can recite like every single line. And the other one's The Notebook, When You Need a Good Cry. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love it because sometimes we allow ourselves to just rest. And if we get into the movie, it, it allows our nervous system to calm down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if life, life gets hectic sometimes, life can be super hard. And if we don't have that toolkit of like meditation, hypnotherapy, Reiki, journaling, affirmations, mirror work, where we stand and say it will be EFT, like it gets tough. Yeah. Um, beautiful out of all the courses out of all the information you have received which one would you recommend Ooh, that is that's a good one i i actually don't think any specific course i think it's more of a style container like for me the most impactful was a mastermind container a very intimate Mm -hmm. um container that i did last year because those relationships with the other women, there's four of us total. We still talk almost every day. We started podcasts together. Like we just, that level of support that we created in that little circle has been completely life-changing. Like we're starting businesses together. We're, and you don't know who is waiting for you if you don't allow yourselves to go deep into those kind of containers. And especially um, the intention, right? The intention. Okay, I'm making the decision to, on this day, to invest this money, to be here at a certain date and time. And and like you say, it's like you never know. Like sometimes it takes the right environment, the right choice, the right decision to be able to open you up on into a community where people meet up. And it's like, wow, I, I feel like I've known you my whole life. Where have you yeah. been? That's exactly it. Beautiful. Uh, tell us about your podcast. My podcast has, it's, it's taken a lot of different evolutions. It's now okay. just the Leslie show. It began okay. as a live radio show here on air as called, uh, it was called volume up the lifestyle radio revolution. And I was like the youngest person on air by at least 10 years. I was talking about things that, you know, you hadn't even experienced. You hadn't even experienced this lady. I mean, I definitely ruffled some feathers as much as I could do without like (laughs) cursing (laughs) on live radio. Um, It ended up not being a great business decision, um, just the way my contract was and podcasts were free and easy. (laughs) So I transitioned that to podcast. Then I transitioned it to um, a video series where I would go to businesses and um, film my podcast from their business. So we we went to my favorite episode. We went to a breakfast joint and I just sat with a comedian and a football commentator and ate pancakes and recorded. And so wow. um, we did a season that way. And then the pandemic happened and I just <laughs> retreated inward and just recently revived it as the Leslie show, just as a way for me to talk about whatever I want and you know, share my journey, introduce people to other things and just all about me. Beautiful, beautiful. And it's okay. It's okay for for something to take a different route. It's okay to something to transform. It's okay for something to evolve, right? Um, Would you ever write a book? Do you have a book? (sighs) Ah, (laughs) 
So I can't talk about it too much because of some paperwork signed. I did write a book last year. It didn't okay. end up getting published. Um, just the way the publishing company worked. But I learned a lot about the process and I would absolutely love to do another one um, with more control. Like everything's a lesson and yeah. I don't, Wait, I don't. Have are you able, lesson. are you able to self-publish that book if you want to? I cannot, but I can write a different one and self-publish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, um, like said, business decisions. This is how we learn. You know, yeah. they, it yeah, was yeah, one yeah. of those things where they paid me as the writer. So they okay. owned the content. Okay. Um, one day they could publish it. Who knows when or okay. where. Um, but like I said, it was a really cool experience to learn how to work with an editor. And a how many, company. how many words did you do? Oh, uh, you know, I think it was something like 10,000. It wasn't, it wasn't a lot. Okay. Uh, it was a very quick timeline. I wrote it in two months. Two Okay. I'm right. I'm currently writing a book myself. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think it's very healing. I think you yeah. should write your story, girl. Write your story with your lessons. It's very healing. That's and honestly. She told me that I would write a book. And when she told yeah. me, I was like, nah, I'm more of a talker. But now I'm like, she was right. <laughs> it's like it's so healing, honestly. Yeah. It's like a weight is being lifted. And I just write. And it's like, honestly, it feels like I'm journaling. Um, okay. tell, us, uh, tell us about your services. Uh, so my services are a really cool blend of, hmm masculine and feminine because I owned a social media and marketing company. I still am really good at that. I still love helping people grow their businesses, but I, I infuse my claircognizance, my clairvoyance, my clairsentience um, abilities now in consulting. So for example, uh, in a 30 minute call, you could tell me, you could talk to me for five minutes and I will literally have visions of what the future of your brand looks like. It's really wild. <laughs> I was, at first I was like, wow, this is weird that I don't have to prep for these calls. I just kind of know. And then I was like, oh, Leslie, that's because you're psychic. <laughs> so now it's, it's literally an intuitive business session that I do when I consult and I take people who have these dreams and aspirations and goals, but they have no idea how to get there. Or even if like, I don't know what to call myself that comes all intuitively to me. So that is my main um, way that I work with people is consulting, but I love to do in-person events because I think there's no substitution for that energy exchange of being face to face with somebody. So I do something called brunch with babes, which is a bi-coastal event. Um, my friend Shelby does them in uh, California. We what are part? actually franchising that business model. So anybody all over the world, if you want to host monthly women in business networking parties, we teach you the business model. We teach you the marketing model. We give you everything you need to do them yourself. Um, and so... That is kind of like my in-person event. I do a lot of keynote speaking. I developed something called the mirror method, which is my signature workshop. It's mirror work combined with um, my claircognizant uh, affirmations. Beautiful. So 
those are kind of all of the ways that that people can work with me. And I do a lot of um, brand collaboration and influencer work online too. Nice. When it comes to consulting, um, like you say with the 30 minute call, what does that look like? Or who would you, or can anyone come? They're like, okay, I want to come. I want to leave my nine to five, but I don't know how to do it. I, I don't know what skills I have. I don't know. Is it, Can it be anyone or do you accept people from a certain niche? Like where it be IT, where it be tech sales, or it's like, or, or do you receive people that are in a hot mess? Um, it really depends. I, I have, you know, a quick conversation with someone to see where they're at and see if it's something that I, if they're ready for me, if they're not ready for one-on-one, -on -one, I'll send them to one of my, my pre-recorded masterclasses so they can kind of get started. But the majority of my clients are women who know that they are meant for something more and they're yeah. just not sure how to actually do yeah. it. So they are someone who, like a lot of my clients have become lifestyle brands or bloggers or they yeah. just, they have these skills and they have these passions, but they don't know how to monetize them. Um, so we kind of figure out their secret sauce, their specialty, what makes them them. And I also really focus on the confidence yeah. Their inner confidence for them to be comfortable enough to say, this is who I am and this is how I can change your life. So it's, it's really those kind of people that I, that I work with. I can do business strategy. I can do, I've had, you know, restaurant clients. I still have, you know, those kind of clients. I can do all of that, but I really, really am lit up by helping aspiring women entrepreneurs yeah. create brands for themselves beautiful i love it um leslie knowing where you are now what advice would you give to your younger self in your in your most darkest moments like most. now now yeah now seeing it from an elevated way you're engaged you have a beautiful home your yeah. business is booming you have found your niche you're now tapping into your spiritual gifts because it's a journey like it's is is it's, it's a marathon not a race because sometimes we're just like i would cry myself to sleep and i remember during um during the lockdown, so the first lockdown in the UK, I was in the UK, um, I was in a relationship and I left them. I just, I wanted to start self-harming and I was just like, I need to leave now. Like I leave, this is the last straw. Yeah. And then at that point, my mom was in between Colombia and London. So she was staying in Colombia four or five months, then come back to London. So she had a lodger staying there just to keep an eye on the flat and just to check doc uh, documents and letters. And then and then I'm moving back in. My 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 partner at the time was like, I'm heading off to Dubai so you can have the free parrots. So I moved in with my free parrots. And then my cousin says, listen, I'm coming to London to study English for the Cambridge exam that I really need it for the corporate lifestyle. And I'm like, oh, okay, babes, we ended free in a room. Free in a room, babe. I used to cry myself to sleep for eight months. For eight months, and they'll be like, Why don't you sleep on the bed? So I'll be sleeping in the middle. If I turn one way, I'm hitting my mom. If I turn the other way, I'm hitting. So, so it takes an element of healing to now be where we are. I would just say to her, This is just so little. This is so little in the grand scheme of things and you cannot receive what is waiting for you if you don't let go. Because I just, like I said, I had no idea 
that life could be this good and that, you know, there, there is a whole world waiting for you to be your truest, most authentic self out there. And there, I was doing a disservice to the world by hiding myself. Or dimming your light because sometimes yeah. we dim our light to be able to fit in or to not stand out. Yeah, that is I mean, so. My, be- my my ex husband told me once: no one gives a crap who you are, and that is something that stuck with me and really made me shrink for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then someone yeah. said to me, "Oh, you're a Leo. You don't seem like it." And I was like, oh, "I've been hiding myself for so long. It's time for me to break out." And so I'm. I- kind of like give her a little glimpse of what is waiting when she finally lets go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it and it and it goes to show how the universe, how spirit, how God just gives us little nudges like do you really want to do that? Are you being authentic to yourself? Are you are you being yourself, girl? Like your your energy sounds low. Your vibration is low. Like what's going on? So it's like we will constantly get little nudges to remind ourselves of our journey, of our path, of our healing and where we need to be and how we need to step out into the world and how we need to progress in a way. Tell us about your Instagram and your website. So my website is lesliejesperson.com. My last name is all E, so don't let it trip you up. It's just <laughs> Leslie Jesperson. And my Instagram is Leslie underscore Jesperson. I am most active on my Instagram and my stories every day. So I I love when people come on there and interact. And then all of my services, everything I've got going on is on my website. Beautiful. Leslie, when's the wedding? The wedding is September 23rd. That's actually where I was all morning at the venue and going over catering with my mom and my sister-in-law. I love it. My uh, my mom's birthday is the 22nd. Leslie... Yeah, Leslie, I just want to say great big massive thank you. And you are reasons why I do gentle touch. Like this is the reason why I have outlines, but the conversation just went elsewhere. We was going to talk about embodiment and brand strategy. We just ended up talking about relationships and healing. So whatever's meant to be given or released will happen. Like, and I don't even hold it i don't even we we just flow with it so i just wanted to say thank you for being so open thank you for sharing your light and thank you for for being you because like i said it takes an element of healing forgiveness and surrendering in order to be in a position of leadership to say if i went through that i don't want you to go through that because sometimes if if we hold on we want people to feel the same pain we went through so it's like well, I went through this. So you now you need to go through this because I haven't healed and things didn't work out for me. So it's like, we want to see people in pain, hurt and suffering. And it's like, it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. There's no, there's no way we can create a better world or raise the vibration of the world. If we're all sticking in our own thoughts, behaviors, traumas. So it's just knowing that by you being you, you, you create a ripple effect in society, in the world, and by shining your light and connecting with other females and just working with what brights you up, it, it makes such a difference in the world. So I just wanted to say thank you for being a part of Gentle Touch. Thank you so much. This has had been such a beautiful conversation. I love it. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed this podcast and found this podcast useful. If you did, be sure to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening and joining Gentle Touch. I'll see you in the next episode. Want to get in touch? Feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. Link is in the description. 
Be sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're on. Stay tuned and keep listening. Much love.